the first action is more of a of a being rather than an action and that's understanding that however we deal with this is it's up to us and for some of us we're anxious some of us were scared some of us were fearful and that's okay i appreciate that and i respect that yet what are you going to do in the face of fear So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I just had the best 45 minutes interviewing Dan Roshan. He's from Virginia, right outside the DC area. He's been in a stable market for a long time, but he just he just came out with a book for real estate agents to kind of help people pivot. We went through and talked about how to succeed in adversity, some of his big traits out there, and he's doing a ton of sales. 84 transactions a year, 37 million in gross sales, totally down to earth guy. Conversation was super fun, so much actionable content in there. So you guys give it a listen, I hope you like it. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Today I get to interview Dan Roshan. You know, Dan is coming from Virginia. I'm gonna let him talk a lot about that. He has a great story about how he got into real estate and how he's been successful. We're going to talk about quarantine today. We're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about a book that he wrote that he's given away at the end of this thing. Dan, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So, so tell everybody where you are, where you're from, and what, what quarantine life is like in the town that you're in right now. Sure. I live in Northern Virginia and right outside Washington, D.C. area that basically called the DMV area. And Quarantine for us, our state has been on lockdown uh, until June 10th is what it's currently slated as. And uh, just like much of the country and much of the world, really, we've been isolated and taking care of ourselves, staying inside. And um, it's been a pretty good, you know, you and I were talking in the pre-show. I mean, it's, it's actually been a, a good thing for me and my family, though it's certainly not a, a, an ideal you know, time in, in any of our lives yet. It's just, you know, appreciating the goodness for, for what it is and, and looking at the good points of where we are. Yeah. You know, another one of my, a good friend of mine, uh, he's also been a, a guest on the show a couple of times. He runs a real estate team in the DMV, you know, in Washington, D.C. area. And one of the things that he talked about is over the past like 15, 20 years, the real estate market kind of stayed steady out there. Like, so yeah. there, when there are foreclosures everywhere else, because government is a thing, government's a driver, where you live is, is, you know, DC, one of the drivers of the real estate market? Yeah. So if you look at our economy, our economy is the United States government. And so I've always said that, you know, if, if, if our local economy goes out of business, we're all screwed, yeah. right? The entire world, right? Literally. Um, now, recently, Amazon had announced about a year and a half ago that they're bringing uh, their second headquarters to the DC area to a place called Crystal City in Arlington. And, so my expectation that is that there's going to be a second um, major economic uh, driver, which will be technology. And we're already seeing that develop here in the area. And as you mentioned, I mean, we have been resilient. So when you're looking at the market going back 15 years or so, you say, okay, from 2008 or 2007, 2009, 
much like the rest of the country, we did, you know, have a, have a crash, but then from 2009 to 13, there was an appreciation by 13. We had regained the, the, uh, the losses. And then from 13 to today, uh, we've, uh, we've been in around a 3% appreciation year over year. So, um, and, and we're pretty resilient. The closer that you get to DC, if you sort of, there's a 495, which is a beltway that goes around DC. So what we call inside the beltway, if anything that's inside the beltway has been resilient, even through the crash of 2000, uh, 2008, nine, So we've been pretty lucky like that. So the, so tell me about your, so if you had a crystal ball right now and you were going to say, you know, what is going to happen to real estate values where you're at, do, you know, do, yeah. do you, do you think it's going to be a little correction like 2008, 2009 or, or what do you think? I think so. I mean, wh what we're seeing right now is because we have a firm date of June 10th is my expectation. Like if you're looking in the short term, in the short term, you're going to see a flood of the market. So for example, if you look back two months to today, just say it's like, just pick a number, a thousand sellers and a thousand buyers two months ago. Today it's 200 and 200. So proportionately there's been a decline in regards to the inventory in the, in the buyers. Which, which means that there's really no impact on the sellers, those that are actually selling. However, because we're looking at a very firm day, and whether it be June 10th or maybe they push it out further than that, whatever the case may be, we're going to be seeing a, uh, you know, we're going to be seeing a, a, an exact date of, okay, now we're open for business. And my expectation is when that happens, that you're going to see the inventory just dramatically increase. And, as, and when that occurs, I think we're going to see a flattening. And that's going to be in the short term, a flattening or maybe even a decrease. And then through the long term, by the crystal ball, I would say that, you know, I think the entire country uh, should be preparing right now for a decline in real estate prices. Uh, I think that the unemployment that, that we're uh, experiencing right now is going to have a ripple effect. And I think a lot of people won't ever even, I think we're going to have a new norm, right? I don't think that, you know, a lot of the service providers, a lot of the waiters, the waitresses, the massage therapists, the, the trainers, et cetera, you know, they're all out of work right now. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of evolution going on in our marketplace. And I think that's going to, that's going to take a toll for sure. Yeah. You know, I think I would have to agree with you. I think most of the crystal ball stuff that you just said at the, uh, and who knows what'll happen as we yeah. see it. But I, I believe that um, the people, the incomes in general are going to go down for most people. Uh, they're going to, there's going to be some correction there. That's going to mean people can afford a little bit less. And the, even with interest rates going down, they can't drop them much further. And so it's just that supply demand equation. Less people can buy a house for 400,000. That means they're going to start selling for a little bit less uh, as it goes. So the, the new norm is, is going to be an interesting concept out there. So the so pre-COVID, were you mostly buyer's agents, mostly seller's agents? Well, for me personally, I've always been a listing agent. I have a, a sales team of ages that I work with. And we, you know, so we absolutely help buyers. Um, historically, however, we've, we've been like 70 to 80% sellers. And so that, that seems like a good business, but it's a huge opportunity cost. Um, you know, so if you look at a, a real estate sales agent's business, when anytime it gets above 60% on the list side, it, it's an opportunity cost. Now on the other side of that, if it gets above 60% on the buy side, then it's, it's a dangerous business. Right. Because if I'm at a 70 or 80 percent working with buyers and there's a shift like we're likely going through right now, then you're, you're really more at danger than if you if you have, you know, an inventory of listings. Um, so yeah. that's been, you know, what I've done in the past. 
so I want you to talk about that a little bit more. So the, you kind of jumped over that, but it's like, so uh, the difference between a heavy listing uh, company or a heavy buy. So listings, you've said that's, that's a little bit more secure because you know, you're eventually in most 90% of the time, you're eventually going to get a commission and maybe for buyers, it's a, a smaller percentage. Is that what you mean by that? Uh, well, it's just like if you own a, a super, uh, a, a superstore, a, um, you know, like a grocery store. So if you own a grocery store and you have eggs and you have milk, well, that's your inventory. That's your product. So as a real estate sales agent, if you don't have a product, then you're chasing a product. You know, so it's just like, say, if you're a real estate agent, think that you own a grocery store and the more eggs that I have in the basket, then the more that I can sell. And so, you know, and then just from a, from a perspective of time invested, you know, on average, uh, because I, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've got a really good support staff with me. And so the average listing that I take, it's probably about four hours of work for me, where if I'm working with a buyer, you're looking at closer to 20, 25 hours of work, if you're really good and efficient, you know, and, um, and, you know, you have to get up every single day to bring them out, you know, where as a listing agent, controlling the inventory really, it, it makes it for an easier business and a more stable business. Uh, because when you go into a shift like this, you know, if you've got signs in the ground, you may have to adjust some prices, but eventually you'll get them sold. Like you said. Yeah, that's a great point. So the, so, so you're, you're heavy listing, which is great, but it's, but it's kind of focused. If you're a heavy buy, then right now it'd be a little bit tougher. So the, having that kind of ideal, uh, set up a little of both is, is stable and risky all at the same time. Uh, well, yeah, if you're above like where I am, it's, it's an opportunity cost because we should be doing more buyers. Right. And so that's, you know, and that's where really our business, I'm looking to more continue to grow it yet balance it at the same time. When my wife was selling all of our flips out in California, I mean, she would, she would hold like 30 or 40 listings at a time. And before she ever hired anybody, that was a lot of things that would come in. People would call, call the signs and say, hey, well, hey, can you show us something else? And we knew there was a lot of incoming interested people and it was definitely an opportunity cost. Uh, she did not uh, have a way or a system to take advantage of that. So totally get what you're saying. So now we're in uh, COVID lockdown, shelter in place. You're there till June yeah. 10th. What does your average day look like? So the, as trying to, you know, are you doing stuff to try to build the business? You know, are, are you not? Is it more family time? Just what's, what's an average day and, and would you recommend that? I'm busier than, than before. I, I'm grateful to be busy. I've always led a very structured life and, you know, I, I, I regulate my time. I'd say the only real big challenge that I've had, you know, going into the quarantine is my personal exercise and eating. You know, I, I've always, um, I've always scheduled for my gym time. I, I got a Peloton, you know, because I sort of need that social interaction in, in my exercise. And, uh, but in regards to like a day to day, um, I keep a schedule. I start, you know, I start early. I start at 7.30 in the morning, uh, but sometimes even, you know, much earlier than that when I'm, you know, doing thinking time. And then from nine to six, I'm just working just like any other time. And we're uh, mostly what, what we're doing right now is I'm calling through the sphere, checking in on my people, making sure that they're, that they're safe, still taking listings. I took one yesterday. I took one on Friday. So we're still getting, um, getting business. And, you know, I, I believe that from a business perspective, I believe that this is a, a great opportunity for those that, that want to, you know, like, like head into the storm. Right. So you can either, you know, we can either like, you know, shy away or we can head into the storm. And I believe that those of us that are heading into the storm at the end of this, we're going to be stronger than ever. And, um, you know, so certainly I don't, I don't wish that we were in this situation yet because we are, I'm, I'm going to make the best of it. 
Yeah, I think having a clear schedule is probably is a great piece of advice for people. I mean, people that are used to working from home, they've had to learn how to separate business and family life. And that's a big yeah. question that people would ask us. How do we separate business and family life? And, you know, some of the stuff I try to tell them is, yeah, you still get up and shower and get prepared for your day. You still stop at a normal time. And when you do stop, it's as if you've gone home, stop checking your email, stop checking your stuff, work during work hours, not. But then also try to stop and smell the roses, right? You could be in the middle of your work day and a kid wants to come play or go for a walk or you take a longer lunch. Like I'm doing, I'm, I'm making sure that I do that right now too, because that's yeah. something that's a unique thing to right now that we don't always get. And so it's like, well, we might as well see whatever positives we can from it. And I, I bet a lot of people will start adjusting to where they start working more at home than they did before, just for some of those afternoon walks and, and lunches as a family and, and things like that. The, yeah, I've got, I've got a nine-year-old daughter. And about two weeks ago, I told her, I said, honey, I said, I'm going to be with you every day from noon to one. I'm going to schedule that time with lunch with you. And I'm going to tell you at 11.59, she's at my office door. I've got an office in the basement. I'm going to tell you, she doesn't miss that with a beat. She's there at 11.59, and then at 6 o'clock, I'm like, honey, I'm done at 6, and at 6, it's time to go. And so having that accountability partner, my little 9-year-old, has been helpful. So. Yeah, I tell you what, kids and family, that is the, all the ultimate accountability partners. You tell them what you yeah. want to do and how. It's the same with the Peloton. I mean, I, I on the news the other day, it said Peloton, their stock value or their company value went way up because just last week, sure. they had the, yeah. the most people ever in a live class. And it was like, of course, because right now, people are making those changes, those adjustments. And I think anyone that got a Peloton, now they're going to realize that they saved the 30 minutes driving to the gym and back too. And so it's just so much. Uh, we're going to see lots of changes like that. And hopefully for more family time, for more, you know, people can stay busy. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. And as you know, when you've been hearing these episodes, so many of our guests give us lots of free gifts and share the tools they've been using to become successful. We've got free real estate tools, scripts, eBooks, marketing materials, and more. We keep track of everything in our vault and it's updated with new items each and every week. If you want access to that stuff, it's totally free for being a listener. All you have to do is go to agentsuccesstoolbox.com, agentsuccesstoolbox.com, and get your free gifts now. So for a new agent, so if there's a new agent just getting started right now, what advice would you give them during this time? So if somebody is trying to go be a listing agent or trying to be a buyer's agent, they feel like they can't really do their normal, they can't go sit at open houses, they can't go do the normal stuff. Any tips or ideas for, for a new agent on how they can take advantage of this time? So this would be a challenging time for a new agent, I believe. I mean, as a new, many new agents don't succeed. I mean, that's just the reality of our business. And because they, it's because of that roller coaster. It's because oftentimes an agent will go out, they'll find a buyer or two, you know, as a new agent, they'll work with them for about three months and then maybe go to closing. And then the day, you know, they're all excited. They're, yeah, woo, right. And then the day, the next day, they're like, oh my goodness, now what? And because they, they didn't, you know, consistently continue to lead generate through that time. So now that we have a, a, a quarantine, you know, it's, it becomes even more unique and more challenging, I believe, for a new agent. So there's, there's options. I mean, you could have a conversation. If you're a new agent, you may want to talk to a, uh, a sales team uh, in an organization that's already bringing in business that can teach you how to service it and, 
uh, that might be a path. You know, I've always believed in sales team. I run a sales team. I've always believed that that the right sales organization is something to consider. Now, I say that with a disclaimer because there's a lot of sales teams out there that are not organized, that don't uh, have, you know, a lead generation department, that don't have an operations department. And then you as a sales agent should be in the sales department. If you choose not to join a sales team, then, you know, there's uh, there's some uh, some inexpensive lead generation techniques like, you know, advertising on Facebook. And um, that's something that you probably, you know, we don't necessarily have enough time right now to really go deep into that yet. That's a strategy that, you know, you can get some business right now. You can find some buyers right now for, you know, relatively inexpensive. Yeah. So what, so what are you guys doing for lead gen right now? Mostly calling our sphere uh, or our database rather. So I've got a, a, a database. There's about, about 13,000 people in my database. And of that, I would consider about 800 would be like a, uh, like a tight database. Yeah. And so I've got a team of inside sales agents and th- uh, they're going through every single day, uh, calling the, uh, calling through the database. And there's one of three people in there. There's either a sphere of influence or there is a real estate agent, or there's somebody that at one point contacted us to buy or sell. And so as they contact those individuals for the sphere of influence, we're doing what we're calling May day, which on uh, a, a date coming up here in May, what we're going to be doing is adopting three local business businesses, a haircutter, a, um, uh, a massage therapist and a travel agent who are completely out of work right now. And so we're going to be adopting those businesses. We're going to be doing a raffle and we're getting some other businesses that are actually doing business right now to be able to donate into them. And so the sphere of influence, we're inviting them to participate in that event. And of course, it's going to be a virtual online event. The, uh, the real estate agents, every Thursday, we do an interview similar to what you and I are doing right now. And we Hopefully, uh, we, we, what we do, we contribute something of valuable uh, resource to them. We do that online. And then if it's somebody that's, you know, been a buyer or a seller, we, uh, you know, we just check in with them and see what their, what their plans are and hopefully get them into action. Yeah, that is great. I was going to ask you, what is the script like right now? So you've got a few different things. So you're calling and saying, hey, how do you feel? We've been telling people just do like a check-in call. It's like, hey, do you need anything right now? Like, yeah. You might not be thinking about selling your house, but how are you doing? And just having these conversations with people and figuring out how they're doing. And some of those conversations, people are talking about God and people are talking about what yeah, it says, whatever, just reaching out. Like, what do you need for help right now? And then, but I really like the idea of adopt a business. You're also doing this thing, you adopt a business. So now you have a reason to call those 800 people or the thousand people in the database and say, hey, yeah. we're adopting this business. We're doing an event. Would you like to join us? And by the way, how's it going? And just, just for some of that outreach right now, you get a you get double impact with that. You get to help a business and you get to reach out and talk to people. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I've had some of the most amazing conversations over the last uh, month or so. And you're right. It's the same script that we're using. It's it, the very first thing out of our mouth is how are you doing? You know, just checking in on you. Just want to see, you know, I know we've been connected somewhere or another in the past. And I just wanted to reach out, see, you know, see if I can help you in any way. And yeah. it's a, it's a genuine thing. I mean, I've bought groceries for people over the last two weeks. I, you know, there's, there's things, I mean, it's a genuine, like, Hey, look, if you really need help, we're here for you. I mean, if I can provide help, I mean, I've got the resources and what, you know, whatever I can be able to, to help you with, you know, we're here for you. Yeah. So let's talk about your, your volume out there. So how many transactions do you do a year? What's that? What's, what, what are the gross sales in that? And is that your team? How big's your team? Yeah. So I've got two agents on my team right now and we have a staff. You're going to laugh at this. We have a staff of 13. 
Yeah. And so, um, so I've really been building my sales business. I mean, I, I've been in business since 2007 when I got my license. And during 10 of those years, I owned a rather large uh, real estate sales brokerage. And I sold that brokerage about a year and a half ago. So over the last year and a half, we've been, you know, really rebuilding the, the sales team. And I started with the, uh, with the operations department. And then I, after the operations department was at a place where I felt really comfortable with it, we went and we built the lead generation department, which, as I mentioned, we have five inside sales agents now. And, and now we're just, we're just now building that sales department and bringing agents in, bringing them on board. And the intention is that the uh, inside sales agents, that they generate 75% of the business for the business, for the agents, and the agents generate 25% of their business. So the last 12 months, we've done 37 million. 80% of that's been my own sales. And that's been uh, just, uh, I've been at 84 units uh, during the last 12 months. So most of that has been listings. And during the last like four to five months is really when we've got the two agents uh, up and running. And they're doing pretty good now. Uh, I've got one, she just put one on a contract today. And uh, it looks like they're going to be averaging about three or four a month. So I'm pretty yeah. excited for them. That's cool. Yeah, the transactions are still happening. If people are willing to work hard and do it, transactions are happening. We've seen it every day, everybody that we're talking to on here. The, one of our questions, our pre-show questions says, if you were on stage for How to Succeed, what would the name of that panel be? And I thought it was great for what we're going through right now. Your answer said the three actions to take when facing adversity. So right now, the world is facing adversity. What are those three actions? Well, first of all, it's got to be your mindset. The first action is more of a, of a being rather than an action. And that's understanding that w however we deal with this, is it's up to us. And for some of us, we're anxious. Some of us were scared. Some of us were fearful. And that's okay. I appreciate that and I respect that. Yet, what are you going to do in the face of fear? Uh, I remember, uh, and I'll just tell you a quick story and I'll give you my other two. When, when I took my daughter to a, a resort in Punta Cana uh, years ago, she was, she was about six years old, I remember she was going up the trapeze uh, because they had this uh, flying trapeze there where they were training for the Circus de Soleil. She got about three quarters up that, that, uh, the ladder and she came back down. And I whispered in her ear, I gave her some encouragement. She went back up the ladder and then she swung down. She had, a, she had so much fun. So she came off, she was just so joyful. And I whispered in her ear, I said, honey, how'd that feel? She says, that felt great, daddy. And so I said, well, okay. So I saw you know, a parenting opportunity I said, well, before you went, what did you feel? She said, I was scared, daddy. I said, yeah, you were scared and you did it anyways. And on the other side of that fear is that joy. Now, I don't know how well she got that at that time, right? Yet, if you're experiencing fear right now, you have a choice of how you deal with that, right? And, and you, can, um, you can head you know, into it or you can, uh, you, know, you, can, you can be scared from it and take no action. That won't, that won't serve you very well. So first action would be really about how you're being and, and, and how you're thinking. The second action would be to, uh, to, to time block. And so, and we, we sort of touched on that before, but I, I believe that time, blocking your time allows for you to have freedom. You know, so uh, Jocko Wilnick is a retired Navy SEAL and he's, uh, many of the listeners probably have heard of him. And he says that the, the, dis, the freedom is in the discipline or the disciplines with, I'm sorry, I screwed it up. It's the freedom and the discipline Basically, when you block your time, you have discipline in there, you get freedom. And so for me, it's, it's, I book an hour with my daughter from 12 to 1 every single day, as I mentioned. Well, guess what? I'm spending that time with my daughter every single day, right? Now, when I'm at work, 
I'm 100% in work and she knows that she's not going to bother daddy. And that allows for me to be productive during the work hours. So the second thing would be time blocking. And the third thing would be take action and take massive action. If you thought you had to take action before in a normal marketplace, you got to take more today. Um, and you have to care for the people that you're, that you're reaching out to. Um, so, so don't get, don't get confused to sit there and say, it's, it's all about, Hey, I just want to see how you're doing because it is about that. And you have to be genuine with that, but it's also about making sure, cause there are buyers and sellers out there making sure that you're not missing those opportunities to be able to help somebody because you're needed more than, than ever before. I mean, if you, if you think that you had an importance before, which you did, it is even more vital for you to be able to be available for your buyers and sellers today because a buyer and seller, they're going to be, they're going to be scared in a normal time. They're going to be, you know, why is it, why is someone buying or selling? It's because they're getting divorced, they're getting married, they're having kids, they're getting a new job, they're getting relocated. Whatever the case may be, they're going to have that anxiety. And now you throw on, you know, all this, you know, uh, you know, all these other fears. They definitely need the services of an agent today. Yeah. So mindset, time blocking, massive action as the way to face adversity. So whether someone's a real estate agent listening or anybody else, I think those are very actionable tips for what's going on right now. So I, I want to jump into your book, but right before, before we jump into the book and, and the, and maybe it'll tie together, take us back to how you got into real estate. So the, so right now you've got, you know, 37 million in sales. That's amazing. How did it start for you? How'd you get into it? Uh, 2007, I was a waiter at a top end steakhouse in Washington, DC, and I was not necessarily in a healthy state. I was a very active alcoholic at the time. I was drinking every day and I was miserable. And I remember I, I, I knew that I wanted to be significant. I knew I wanted to make a difference in the world. I wanted to help people. And I knew I wanted to be something more than what I was achieving at the time. I hated my job. I was making a lot of money. I just hated my job. And I remember I went out and I started to look for opportunities. And I, I looked at Quiznos. I looked at Five Guys. I looked at all these different franchises. And what I found was I needed like a quarter million to $500,000 to start in any of those franchises. And the, the income at the time was like maybe 70 grand a year. I'm like, okay, that can't happen. And then I, um, I found, you know, real estate sales. And this happened around the time that I got sober was, was when I was like, okay, I've got, I'm, it's, now it's time for me to wake up. It's time for me to take action. And so when I, when I realized that it was, you know, I was early 30s at the time, and I was just now emotionally starting to mature. And then as I started to mature, I also knew, I say, look, if I'm going to lead this life, it's time to do it now. Otherwise, I'm going to be a 50-year-old waiter, and I'm almost 50 now, and I don't want to be a 50-year-old waiter. And so, uh, so I got my license in 2007. I forgot to read the headlines in the, in the newspapers about uh, worst economic uh, times of all time, foreclosures, Yeah, heck et cetera, of a time to become an agent. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got my license. And then um, first few months was hard. It, it really was. I remember going in my broker Karen's office and saying, Karen, like, this is about three, four months in. I had a couple listings at the time, but no closings. I was like, I, I don't know about this. And she's like, Dan. You're doing everything the right way. I remember looking up, I was like, if I'm doing everything the right way, then why am I about to pay my mortgage with my credit card? <laughs> right? You know, I'm like, this is, not, this, isn't, this is not cool, right? Well, I was able to, buy, uh, to have my first closing six months after getting my license. And then um, Karen gave me some great advice about just focusing on one thing at a time. And I did that. I was fortunate a year and a half after that conversation, I was able to purchase the brokerage that I worked for. And then I owned that for 10 years and sold that about a year and a half ago. And um, that's the 
abbreviated version of my journey. Yeah. And back in 07, that was the time you could actually have a listing and have it not close. You know, there were, oh, yeah. I mean, so many short sale listings would come up and they would sell in foreclosure before they actually got a deal. I mean, so, so the agents had to work very hard back in 2007, 2008, very, very hard. And, uh, you know, and, and it was just a crazy, crazy time. So yes, not the best timing for you to, to come in and join in, in real estate, but the, but you push through that hard stuff, like you've said, and then, and then such a miracle and being able, you know, the other point that I think you made that I, that I really like in there is one, it's like, you know, coming out of adversity and, and from, you know, being in a bad environment, alcohol and everything else, and then having something to focus on is great. And then seeing the barriers to entry for real estate compared to buying a franchise of something, it's like real estate. Yes. One of the few places that you can actually own your own business very quickly with very small investment and, yeah, you might win, you might lose. If you work hard, you can win. Or if you lose, but you don't lose, like you could buy a franchise and lose 50 grand if you're not good at it. Real estate, your downside is much uh, less risky uh, as you see that. So you're, you're not the first in, in making that decision and making it work. So the, so let's talk about your book. So uh, you know, everybody that comes on, we have them give us uh, some gifts. We put it in our investor toolbox. The, the thing that you said you're going to be giving out is a free copy of your book. So uh, tell me about your book. When did, when did you write it? When did you release it? So when I sold the brokerage November 2018, I realized that I was, you know, I, I, first thing I realized was I needed a mentor, right? Like I was really, you know, I was getting back into the sales business as a full-time gig. I was no longer chasing two rabbits because when I owned the brokerage, I was still intending to do my own sales at the same time as, as lead the brokerage. And um, and it was a challenge, right? You know, I was really, really just chasing two rabbits. And so sold the brokerage. And then I, I met um, a mentor of mine and I flew out to, to meet him and, and I asked for his coaching. And he said, Dan, I will coach you if you take everything that you've learned, because you've got, you've got this immense knowledge and you put it, you document it and you share it with others. Well, initially I thought it was just going to be like some eBooks or whatever the case may be. And so about two, three months into writing that, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is sort of like a thing here that I'm doing. And so it took me 13 months to write it at a pace of three hours a day. And I, I poured my heart and soul into it. And, and it's, it's called Real Estate Evolution. The three and, hours a day for 13 yeah. months you poured yeah. into this thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was um, what I realized was that you know, it would take me, there were some days it would take me like eight hours to write three quarters of a page. I mean, it was just, you know, the research that went into it and the, uh, the work that went into it was pretty tremendous. It was, it was probably one of the, one of the hardest or, or I want to say hardest, but just most taxing type thing that I've done, um, in, in the workplace. It was it's something that it's sort of like owning a boat. It's like you love it the first day and the last day, but you hate it in between. That's the way I would describe writing the book. You know, it was, uh, it was pretty brutal as I went through it, but I'm really grateful that I did it. Yeah, that is, a, that is a long process. But the, you know, there's nothing like writing a book that helps get the stuff that's in your head out. And then that reflection, it's one of those things it, we've, we've written a couple books now. And at different yeah. times, we go in areas where we're being really active doing well, or they take some time off. And it's like, oh, I need to, I need to, I just don't want to do that right now. So it's like, you, I put it off, I put it off, I put it off. Then I finally dig in for a couple hours and I knock out the deadline. And I realize why didn't I just do this to begin with? Because it is such a, it, it can be uh a very difficult process, but also a very empowering one. And if nothing else, really helps you figure out where your values are, where your message is, 
and uh, and you were able to do that. So you've it said one of the things you said you also like do triathlons, you know, performing improv. You know, the veteran of the U.S. Army. Like, there's a lot to Dan Roshan, right? Like, yeah. so the so so the tell me about the improv. So uh, there was an agent that I worked with not too long ago who had suggested to me to uh, to think about improv and. I had never, I mean, I watched it, you know, like whose lines is it anyways, you know, I've watched it on TV and that type of stuff, but I never, I had never considered to actually do any of that myself. And what I learned from, from doing improv was to be able to just, one is you have to be present. You have to be really actively present to your scenario, to your situation, to be able to, to, to move and bounce off and dance with, with your partner, call it. And you also have to be, you have to be quick witted. Right. And you have to be accepting, you know, so in improv, whatever somebody throws at you, it's just, you just have to say yes. And, and it's, uh, you know, whatever it is, you're going to receive it and you're just going to roll with it. And so I did it as a, um, just as, you know, just something to do as fun. Uh, I, I took a couple of my, uh, agents that worked with us and, uh, we took a, a couple courses on it and I've been doing it for a short period of time, about a year or so, about maybe a year and a half. And, um, it's, it's been pretty fun. It really has been. It's been That's fun. awesome. You think all agents should try that? I, I think all people should try that. All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, I think that, you know, I, you know, yes, I talk specifically to agents yet. I mean, if you're a person, I encourage for you to be the very best version of yourself. And I encourage for you to sort of consider like, what is this all about? This like human experience. Right. Because, you know, if you can actually take a moment and actually consider that, then perhaps you'll get more out of the experience. Um, and I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I, I really like that. They, I, you're the first person I've interviewed so far that that was one of the recommendations and the maybe I will have to sign up for an improv class. So back to your book. So real estate evolution, you know, it took yep. 13 years, heart and soul into it, bunch of real life stuff for you. Who's the ideal person for your book? The ideal person for my book is that agent that is riding the roller coaster of sales right now and is looking for consistent and predictable income. Because I take them through a 10-step journey all the way from personal development and mindset and hacks of how you can be able to uh, improve. You know, so if you, if you look at the way that we behave, it's our programming that we have, at least to our thoughts and our thoughts leads to our feelings, our feelings lead to our actions, our actions lead to our results, and our results lead to our programming. But that's a closed loop. And so to be able to get inside that closed loop, there ha there's access points such as meditation, reading, relationships, like with great people like yourself, Aaron. And, there, and there's ways that you can be able to improve in regards to, uh, you know, to be able to improve yourself as an, as an individual. So the book, the first step is really about flourish. It's, it's to be able to be the very best version of yourself. And then it goes into lead generation, how to convert the leads, and every single step along the process of how to be able to onboard a buyer, onboard a seller, so that you can set the expectations so that when, you know, when something blows up on you, you've already told them that it was a possibility. So with that buyer and you're three days before closing and the underwriter comes up and asks for all kinds of crazy stuff, well, you've already addressed that with them up front. So now you look like a hero rather than an idiot. Right. And, and so uh, and then uh, we go into uh, profit and, you know, certainly you want to be profitable in your sales business. And then 
uh, I finished a book talking about the evolution of, uh, of real estate sales, which is really the evolution of the world in regards to business, where big data, artificial intelligence, commoditization, and technology is, have already entered into the workplace in every industry, including real estate sales. And, and I go through and I, I share with agents and say, hey, look, if you're not considering this about technology or this about the way artificial intelligence has already started to change our environment, you're going to be so far behind. Just like you go back to 2008, all those agents that refused to even look at a short sale, those agents all went out of business. And so I believe that right now we're in another time of change, of a pivot. And if agents don't recognize and appreciate that and take massive action today to be able to accommodate it, then uh, they may be looking for different professions rather soon. Yeah. So listen to that, agents. If you are in a spot right now where the you're a little uncertain and it, it's now is as good a time as any for a pivot in Dan's book, he's got a way to do that. And again, that's free as part of the toolbox. So Dan, the other than people getting the book here, how do they reach out and find you? Somebody has a question. They want to know how to do this. They want some coaching. What's the best way for people to come find you? Yeah, they should check out our, um, if they're on Facebook, they should check out our Facebook page, which is rock solid agents so it's facebook.com forward slash rock solid agents you can certainly google me dan roshan and you can get a copy of the book at www.therealestateevolution.com uh, we just ask for you to pay for the shipping and the handling and we'll send that off to you real estate evolution the and dan roshan it's spelled r-o-c-h-o-n any of you guys that are listening i mean there's a lot fewer of you driving in your cars right now so you should say if you're driving in your car we're going to have all that in the show notes you guys are probably listening to this on YouTube or on your computer. Go back to that page. You can see the show notes. You'll see the links to Dan, his contact info, his Facebook pages, Real Estate Evolution. Dan, thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge. It sounds like your book is going to be a great one for people, especially right now. So hope you come join us again sometime soon. Thank you, Aaron. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.